QVC Quality Violent Cinema. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Quality Violent Cinema. We are here with Marcus Cook, effects genius, director. What's up, Marcus? Hey, how's it going? How you guys doing? Also known as Marcus Cock. <laughs> Marcus Cock. <laughs> yeah, what's that from again? I feel like there was a story behind that. Oh, uh, my last name? or No, the cock. <laughs> Oh, just because the documentary you just got put in, because you're making jokes on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It, were, were they calling me cock? Well, that's that's the number one mispronunciation is cock. So <laughs> I just I just go with it. You know, there's it's like coke, couch, you know, couch, uh, cotch. I mean, my grandfather's name was Harry. Like that's not not a joke at all. Like uh, <laughs> his name was Harry Cock. Wow. <laughs> so I mean that name actually does exist. It's not just from Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, no, no. It was, it was <laughs> and uh, he named my dad Tom. And when I was going to be born, he was going to he was trying to convince my dad to name me Richard. So I would have been Dick Cock. I was that close to being. <laughs> so oh, it could be Tom, great. Dick, and Harry. Yeah. So how did you and Stephen Byro meet? We interviewed him last night, but these oh. interviews will be coming out like a week apart, but hopefully. But yeah, how did you guys meet? Uh, he had a video store that he opened up in uh, Ybor City called Video Mayhem, and I'd just go up there and kind of check out stuff. Um, he doesn't remember this, but like uh, I was trying to tell him about my movie Rot because I had just like made Rot like when I was like in my twenties, nineteen twenties, and I was trying to tell him about it, and he goes, "Oh yeah, I've seen it." He's like, "It's bad. Don't quit your day job." And I was just kind of like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> but uh like we we stayed friends like you know we you know talk about movies all the time he he uh back then he had somehow fell ass backward into a movie deal where he was going to get 10 million dollars to make 10 films and uh one of them like was going to be the uh like not not a remake but a sequel to society and so he had the whole script writ for it, like um, Brian Yuzna. Like, I mean, I mean, it, it's a wild fucking story. And you know, of course, that never happened. <laughs> but we stayed friends, and you know, we had talked about like, oh, maybe one day we could do like, you know, a, a, a guinea pig. And yeah, <laughs> we finally made it happen. <laughs> That's awesome. So, what exactly is your role in all the upcoming? guinea pigs um are you directing uh any of them or are you strictly producing or just doing the effects uh just doing effects um like uh he's bringing on eric fox to do the the next um coming one who's also an effects artist he was on that tv show uh face off um hmm. you know so he's he's industry professional like lots of stuff loves horror films love loves fucked up horror films um so he's he's doing that one slaughter of the swine uh it was originally going to be called illuminati party <laughs> mm -hmm. so it's kind of like eyes wide shut meets like uh bouquet of guts and gore <laughs> nice and then uh my wife jesse like she she's uh directing chum bucket which will be coming out you know this i guess 
afterward after slaughter of the swine and that one's uh i don't know we're trying to have fun like kind of uh serial killer slash giallo slash bouquet of guts and gore like you know just a lot of over the top bodily <laughs> evisceration what's the like what's the setting or the plot of that one for some <clears throat> bucket are you allowed to disclose it yet um yeah i i think so i don't i don't think steve's like really gone and said much about it but it's a um uh like some people sneak into like a, what do you call it urban explorers like go around exploring like urban places and um you know like abandoned buildings and uh like in our setting there's like you know this kind of infamous not really haunted place but like oh you should check out this abandoned um uh what is it an aquarium and you should go check that out and but people go missing so that's like the lore around it and then of course you like you know there's one guy who still lives in this abandoned aquarium uh like you know who captures like people who break in and then like cuts them up and feeds them to his sharks that's so cool that's awesome <laughs> so i mean we're trying to have fun i mean but it's an idea jesse you know came up with because like uh and and it's stems from and you guys should probably have jesse on to talk about this too yeah but like it stems from a real case where a bunch of like you know urban explorers broke into a uh an abandoned aquarium and they found this like dead shark rotting away in a glass like uh case like like a big giant tank that had this like zombified shark just floating in it and there's real pictures you can find on the internet so the the story kind of sparked from there like oh fuck like you know what if we make something like that but there's a guy who's like there and feeds him to his other sharks you know mm. nice i like that that reminds me of um eating alive yeah, like alligator? yeah eating alive, eating alive yeah. with toby <laughs> hooper or that guy that's mm-hmm. like <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> so, wow that's cool well, yeah, we shouldn't talk too much about that one because I'd love to have Jesse on to kind of go over yeah. it. Uh, we can go more in depth on it too. So I don't know if that might be good after it comes out, maybe if it's soon, or maybe we could interview her first and she can give us some spoilers. So yeah, be cool. <laughs> but it's 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 gonna be gory. We're working on uh, the body parts and stuff, so it's gonna have a lot of bodily dismemberment. So nice. <laughs> Any certain scenes about the new films that you're excited about? Um, yeah, like I've seen a rough cut of Eric Fox's, uh, slaughter of the swine and it, that one's kind of fun. Like it, it was, it, it's funny. I don't know if Steve talked about this, but like one of the things he wanted to avoid, you know, we're doing extreme horrors, but like there's certain taboos that like, I think once a filmmaker hits them, it's kind of, you know, old hat you know to like bring up those tropes again like vomiting and pee and poo and necrophilia like they've kind of all been done and trying to do something fresh and you know he's like well i don't want to have like overtly sexual things happen because like the original guinea pigs you know there's nothing overtly sexual you know Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot of torture you know at least in the first two it's like torture and dismemberment but then like you know they become like weird science fiction stories like kind of after that 
Um, but like Eric Fox just wanted to do something that was like balls to the wall, like sexually gory, violent, lots of nudity. <laughs> there's there's going to be a few memorable scenes. <laughs> yeah, we were we were told last night, and I was a little surprised that uh, Byro's gonna push those limits but maybe it's time right. it's a new generation for getting like hearing about the orgy scene and <laughs> and that's like something to consider is that those old ones were made in the 80s so f- at the time they were f- so far past the extreme it's not even funny but nowadays like they're a little tame especially the later ones so yeah i mean you kind of have to go there now yeah i mean because I, I mean you look at like films like the saw franchise and the uh, uh hostile films while they're mainstream like they really do got some good gore they're like they up the ante on that kind of stuff and it just sucks that those films were the ones to take on like the moniker of torture porn you know you know it's like well whoa if you if you guys think this is torture porn wait till you see this other shit you know <laughs> there's some weird shit out there <laughs> it really is some people don't have no idea. <laughs> so is Jesse going to be involved in all the new American guinea pig stuff? Ah, uh, no, just chum bucket, you know? Okay. So, and you know, because I, we, we left uh, LA and so, you know, Steve and Eric Fox are doing, you know, slaughter of the swine out there. They're, they're still there, but like we bought a house and, you know, central Illinois. So we just, you know, I wanted to get away from the city and be out in the middle of the sticks, get away from that kind of stuff. Uh, how'd you meet um, Jesse, by the way? Oh, that's a funny story. Um, through a, a mutual friend, um, a filmmaker who's probably not the most controversial filmmaker, but uh, definitely one that sparks a lot of. Uh, stories for anyone who's met him um but uh jesse had him in a film uh she was doing a short film and she needed a special effects artist to work on it and then so the actor she had was jim van beber and Mm -hmm. jim threw my my name in the ring and jesse and i started talking it didn't pan out to where i could make it out and do the effects for her but like i don't know we just hit it off and just like kept in touch and started talking almost every other day and then you know eventually we got married and bought a house so mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where we're at now cool. so now uh yeah and then um in two or three weeks we head down to florida to work on a film so it's it's been two hard years because there hasn't been much effects work going on yet because of the pandemic or whatnot but now finally now that they've released restrictions kind of across the globe like everything's starting to pop and come back all at once for us so we we got cool. a gig down in uh orlando cool <laughs> and is that union work or are you guys just working in the independent area independent yeah okay, cool you know uh and there's there's some pretty big films we can get on without being in the union but i nice. i just i don't know i don't i don't have any no desire to be in in a union like yeah because and and here's the thing like union pay is fucking crazy great but I know a lot of people who got in the union work their asses off. But once they got in the union, being in the union doesn't guarantee you work. So when you do get work, you get paid. But you could maybe work on one film a year and then you owe like, you know, a, an absorbent amount just in the dues. And then if you don't keep up certain amount of hours, 
it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, frustrating. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The whole union thing to get in the union thing. Like I, I want to say you have to work like 200 hours. I, I think that was the last I checked was you had to work 200 hours on sets, union sets, which is weird. That's the weird, like catch 22. You have to put in so many hours of work on a union set, even though you're not in the union. But then like, if, if you make like 198, by like in a year's time by january you got to start again like it's it's wow. it's a, that's that's messed so, up because it sounds like a grind in the first place so they're just trying to keep mm-hmm. you keep you out i guess so yeah yeah cool oh, yeah so. what uh what films inspired you to make effects like what were your oh god films? Uh, fucking all of them growing up um no i loved uh, uh a lot of the Tom Savini stuff like because my parents started taking me to um, like the drive-in when I was three years old I saw Hell Night on the big screen and then like every weekend we'd either be at the drive-in the movie theater or renting VHS tapes so it was always horror so I was just gravitating to anything I could like you know get my hands Mm -hmm. on because I liked the, the special effects and I kept asking my dad like how'd they do that and he's, his answer was always like, oh, well, special effects. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you can do that? You, you As an adult, you can do that for a living? So that's why I was like, I, I want to do that. Yeah. yeah like, uh, it was cool having a supportive dad for sure to let you like watch all this stuff. Because I had a, um, like, living with my mom, she lived at like where she worked at a movie rental place. And it was one of those places that you could have like a porn room in the back. So you can oh, yeah. basically like any movie was pretty much fine there. And so, yeah, I just rent like five movies a night. Me and my sister would try to like basically um, have competition to who could stay up the longest and watch the most and try to watch basically all five movies all in one night. (laughs) But we just watched so much stuff and that that was just basically what started uh, everything. So having supportive parents definitely can help (laughs) or dement you, you know, depending on how you look at it. (laughs) And and looking back, like I I was allowed to watch, I mean, because I could rent anything that, you know, um, our, our video store that i like i could walk to the two video stores um they neither one of them had a smut room in the back so you know it couldn't get porn but like uh i could rent anything rated r like i saw you know films like i spit on your grave and last house on the left at probably too young of an age right but like but it's weird because i knew they were movies i knew they were made by people i knew they had actors in them and all of it was pretend because you'd always see the same actors again and again and again in other movies you know so it's like i i knew it wasn't real like even though the really harsh sexual stuff but like um <laughs> um yeah it, it, it's weird it didn't like affect me like because i i understood what it was that i was watching you know that it was yeah. like oh this girl's not really getting raped you know it looks brutal, but I understand the me- mechanics of the filmmaking part of it. Like I kind of figured that stuff out pretty early. I think that's one thing that's important um, when you're like showing kids, younger people, horror films and rated R movies is also showing them the special effects and the making of and all the behind the scenes stuff. That way they see that it's an artistic craft and it's yeah. not anything to do with reality. And it sounds like yeah. since you got so interested in effects at such a young age, that could have been what was what like differentiated the reality and the the fake stuff for you yeah like i mean i 
you know, as as far as effects like research stuff goes, like I'll look up like real photos and real videos just to see like, you know, how things look. And it's it's crazy because the most all, all the real stuff doesn't look that real. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in, in movies, everything's done in a way that it's cinematic. Like, you know, when people get shot, like there's not like, mm-hmm. you know, big blood splatters. It's like a lot of it's internal. Really yeah mm-hmm. they just drop like a sack of rocks you know yeah <laughs> well, it's kind of like the same with like sex scenes in films and how hollywood uses sex of so, like sex ain't that glamorous sex is kind of weird yeah. and, like in some aspects so like just like they don't put any of that stuff in there that's why i really like that movie <laughs> do you guys remember that movie three kings it was like a blockbuster movie but there was uh they used like i think they used real corpses but for the bullet penetration shots, they would actually show the bullets going into the body and doing all the internal damage. It was really cool. Um, but yeah. yeah, like I, I, I knew there were shots like that in it, but I've never seen it. It's like George Clooney, but like I know yeah. of the film, but I've never sat down and watched. I feel it. like it's just those shots that are the only parts worth watching. But yeah, like I think that would be my interest. But like you know, from you know story-wise point it just sounds like like oh it's like a war movie or like a desert storm so like fighting. war heist kind of thing yeah yeah uh, whatever <laughs> just those scenes it's the only part worth watching <laughs> <laughs> um are there any effects projects you're working on for other directors um what can i talk about uh the the one project we're going down it's it's more of a paranormal supernatural film so i gotta do like uh old age ghosty makeup you know no real gore but i think there's some blood in it like i think someone gets stabbed but you know it's 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 a bigger production down in orlando florida but that'll be fun does it piss you off when you see these supernatural movies and they like cgi the makeup like onto all the people and stuff (laughs) it just makes me so angry like that's you could have hired a makeup person that would have looked so much better and yeah <laughs> terrible so are maniac uh entertainment and autopsy films are they both your companies because i know maniac film has like other films with like half of it is yours oh uh yeah no that's uh elmar berger he's um my german producer out of germany um elmar berger he's um you know so that's his company but anything that in you know he's involved with me doing films like if he throws me some money like you know that's you know autopsy film which is me and then uh manic entertainment okay. so he funded uh 100 tears fell um and beyond horror our uh, documentary okay yeah because i saw that, like you had quite a bit and he only came out like three or four things outside of your stuff it seemed like yeah yeah he's he's got a great like if you're into documentaries um he produced a documentary on um uh sam peckinpah i don't know if Mm -hmm. you're familiar with like sam peckinpah films but no but i saw that listed yeah yeah straw dogs had some pretty nasty blood shots in there yeah (laughs) peckinpah was famous for that like really violent over the top like violent what was the western he made that was really bloody i'm trying to remember uh i'm drawing a blank no. <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm drawing a blank bring me the head of alfredo garcia i think <laughs> dang you got a lot of credits though on your special effects um what are some of the <laughs> what are some of the ones that like 
you're like, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. Like, I can't believe I'm on set right now. Uh, like in a good way or a bad way? In a good way. Like, I can't believe I'm here because there's some pretty big stuff on here. I mean, you did, uh, we are still here and yeah, stuff like that. Uh, Jacob's wife. Yeah. Jacob's wife and we are still here. Um, those are some big ones. We had a lot of fun on Jacob's wife. Um, I don't know if you got to see that yet. You know, I mean, it's a horror, you know, with like a slight comedy angle. It starts off pretty somber and quiet, but like it, it gets funny, but not like airplane ha ha funny. You know, it, it's some pretty quirky humor underlying it, but like pretty bloody. Like when uh, Barbara Crampton kills a couple people, like, yeah, Jesse and I did some crazy bloody days. <laughs> That's awesome. Have you ever thought about uh, redoing some of your early films now that you have like knowledge and ability for funding? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the funding part is like, I don't know. It's it, that's the hardest part really. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I like maybe fell if I could get my, my exact cast together for fell and just shoot fell with a budget and nice gear and equipment, you know, mm-hmm. it's my non-horror film, but I'd, I'd love to like kind of rework that one with a bigger thing or maybe rot rot would be a fun one. Yeah. Rot would be cool. Today. Yeah. I rewatched fell today just to kind of refresh mm-hmm. it. It's, it's definitely like a slow burn, but I like, you know, the tone of it and everything that you did with it for sure. Yeah. I, I wish more people like would seek that one out, but like, I, I think it, it, it doesn't get talked about because it's, it's um, not a gory film, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's totally different. It's like a bleak, depressing drama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> psychodrama but like yeah, I don't know, him just losing his mind essentially <laughs> yeah you know so i really like it and i wish more people would like you know seek it out or hit me up but maybe they don't know about it and and that could be on me i don't really talk about it much or promote it much if budget wasn't an issue what would be your big budget idea to do mm. i have a script i've been trying to make for 20 years called baby doll the afterlife and misadventures of a dead girl in the mob (laughs) like to me it's like it's my favorite thing i've written it's really fun and if i could you know if i could even just get like fifty thousand or hundred thousand budget i don't care but i just need some money for the effects that i got to do for it but yeah like i mean that's that's a big one if i could make this film happen so most likely sometime in your life you're gonna try to make that yeah because <laughs> you've been thinking about it for a while so <laughs> gotta get it out of your system sometime right when this things are working about so long if i don't do it then <laughs> what have i been doing <laughs> yeah yeah i get that um what has been some of the hardest projects you've worked on oh there's there's been a couple mohawk was a tough one. Oh, i want to see that it's it's got a couple like cool like little gore effects gags in it um great cast uh but that was that was a hard shoot um for different reasons like you know i mean every every shoot kind of you're you're facing challenges but like this one particularly had like an obscene amount of challenges we were up against and uh because it was a period piece and we're shooting like every day, like we had to drive like almost an hour to the middle of nowhere woods 
to film. That's where our base camp was. So we'd get up at the hotel and drive out to like the national forest to film. And so you, yeah, you'd have a drive in and a drive out, you know, at the start and finish of your day. So that was hard. But then there was other departments that like, and this is in, in certain film things, like there's a lot of gray area and overlap where a lot of times you hear like, well, that's not my department, that's special effects. Well, that's not my department, that's special effects. And so everything just kept getting loaded on us, loaded. There was like wardrobe stuff. And I'm like, you know, where I'm like, hey, no, that's a wardrobe issue. But all this stuff, but wardrobe like couldn't do certain things because they're not made to do effects. So there's a lot of like Mm -hmm. overlapping areas. And then like, of course, props, you know, we're like, oh, well, that's not us. That's a special effect. I was like, well, no, technically it's a prop because, you know, they hold it, you know, but like we were getting just at the last minute, like, you know, the props department's like, oh, hey, we need, uh, you know, uh, a stunt knife. And they'd give me a knife like the night before. And literally I'd have to spend all night rather than sleeping to get up for the next day to like make a fake knife. And it's using my materials because they're not paying for materials. They're not throwing us extra money. So there was a lot of stuff on Mohawk. I mean, it's it's an interesting film. It didn't really hit like, you know, we are still did or we are still here hit, you know, or Jacob's wife. But I mean, it's just a lot of the same production people, Uh, Ted Gagan and um, uh, produced by Travis Stevens. So I've worked with him four times now, Travis Stevens. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought about adding punk elements back into your films? Mm. I kind of do. Well, that's why I want to do Baby Doll. Baby Doll's like still very much like, you know, a punk rocker love story, you know, kind of beyond the grave meets like a hen and lauder film. Like if it, <laughs> like how would I describe it? I don't know. Um Sid and Nancy meets the Sopranos meets like a Frank Henenlotter film. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Anything Henenlotter. I mean, rock kind of reminded me of a Henenlotter film um, a little bit. Just just had that like crude kind of like sleazy feel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I get it. Have you ever been in a punk band? Have I ever been on a what? Have you ever been in a punk band or been involved with any music? Ah, uh, no. Um, I, you know, I was around like a lot of punk bands. Like, uh, you know, uh, Billy Scam from the Scams is the lead and rot. Uh, so I, I would film like a lot of their shows, like when they'd play with like uh, the Subhumans and uh, the Casualties, Blank Seventy Seven. A lot of these bands would come through town. And they'd stay at Punk House, like, whenever they'd be playing. So, like, scams would be opening for them. And so, you know, I was around it a lot. But, like, me, I, I, I can't even play the radio. So. <laughs> I feel that. But I, but I, you know, appreciate, like, the, the punk rock culture. Like, I, I don't know. I was just, that, that was all my friends at the time. So, so when we made rock, you know, it's not a bunch of kids playing punk rock dress up <laughs> like uh slc punk like that's like they're not punk rock and you can tell like right (laughs) like yeah Yeah. you know everyone who you see in the film that's how they look on a regular basis they you know we didn't make anyone cut their hair into a mohawk or color it you know it's just that's that's how everything was 
Yeah, you can kind of tell because it looks more like a uniform in SLC Punk, where in Rot, everyone kind of had their own individual look and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, so that's a big reason why I never really got into SLC Punk, because I saw right through it. I mean, there are some moments that are funny, but... It's good filmmaking. That, it's like, like, the filmmaking's yeah. pretty good. It's just... They should have gotten like someone better on like I guess would it be set direction or no uh, like mm -hmm. art direction or something like make it more punk like mm -hmm. more realistic I don't know. Oh, but and, and like you know I don't think I appreciated or liked the film at the time, but like as time would go on, you see that movie's exactly fucking how it goes. Like you know every, everyone's so like punk rock against the man, and then you know all all of those people all of a sudden became different people when they mm -hmm. like became adults. I was like, Holy shit. It, you know, cause he, a lot of people were like offended by it. Like, Oh, well, I'm not going to turn into a yuppie. Oh no, you did. Yeah. <laughs> you did. Most of my friends became hippies. Like they went from punk to hippies. Like they realized that anarchy stands for sustainability and they're like, Oh, you mean I'm a hippie? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's the meaning of the tattoos on your arms? Oh, I like, uh, I, I don't know. I just wanted stripes. Can you see that? I don't I know. Can, I actually can. They're focused yeah. now. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I just wanted something different. And at the time, I didn't see anyone that had them. I've, I've now since run into people who have multiple stripes. So that's <laughs> kind of bizarre <laughs> and surreal. But like I don't know, like uh, I I figured like an overall design rather than a bunch of like you know hodgepodge pictures, you know mm -hmm. that I'd have to figure out how to tie and connect together. So it was just like a simple overall design. I was just like I'm just gonna stripe my arms and that'll be me. <laughs> did you get them like one stripe at a time or? Uh no, I I did split them up. I did uh, four in one sitting, and that sucked ass so bad it that hurts so bad my arm swelled up like a fucking accordion mm. <laughs> and yeah it was like after that i was like okay well i'll do three the next time and then you know th this arm was looking naked so i did like two two and two <laughs> so now i've got an uneven number I, I i have a total of 13 stripes which is cool um lucky 13 but like yeah i've got seven on one six on the other mm -hmm. and i want to get more but it's a matter of like you know time money and pain tolerance exactly there's always like a lot of reasons to talk yourself out of a tattoo you know oh and i i swear the older you get like the more it hurts like when you're younger they don't hurt so bad but like when you're yeah. older you're like it didn't hurt so bad and then you're like ah fuck that hurt yeah yeah i kind of wonder about that because i've gotten some crazy areas like bottom of my foot back of my head um i have some interesting areas for um but yeah but uh, i think my tolerance mm. is definitely becoming different <laughs> yeah and solid fill work man boy did i pick something that like <laughs> i wasn't ready for <laughs> i'm about you to know, block out my whole left leg it's gonna like, hurt. You know, mm. oh yeah <laughs> yeah I, I finally got like an oingo boingo tattoo and i was like oh that's what a normal tattoo feels like where they you know kind of do an outline and do a little bit of shading color around the edges to make mm. it like you know have pretty depth and you know, uh, but like, yeah, black solid fill lines, like, fuck me, dude. That was, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, sometimes the shading part could be like the easiest part. Depends on the area. I always sure. like the shading yeah. the best, but it depends. Yeah. Yeah, like the shading in the back of my head was like fuck off. Like the that was when I was like done. The outline was fine and then yeah. Or on your spine sucked. is really bad. Yeah. Yeah. My sternum sucked. <clears throat> but yeah. And you have gauges too. Are you used to have gauges? Because it seems like you have kind of like the whole oh yeah um i used to they've been out for a while like a couple years i i gotta buy more but i was gauged up to um triple ot what is that triple zero or triple, triple zero, zero. Like, oh that's uh, a triple it's, zero. A zero, a zero double zero then the, the next up i forget what it's called but it's not double triple zero. yeah it's it's just under a uh, uh, half inch oh, whatever okay. uh, yeah i don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was at I was at one inch for a while, and I gave up, and now my ears look like cat buttholes. You know, I'm fine with. That. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm stuck with. I mean, I thought about like you know, I, I just got to buy more jewelry, but it's like you know, it's like one of those things where I'm like, uh, you know, fucked. Do I want to spend that much money on jewelry right now? Like, especially the last two years, you know, fucking every dollar counts. It's like okay, I need gas to go somewhere, I need food, you know, and no work coming in, film yeah. work. So you mentioned when I was on the phone that you were doing a, a podcast. Like, what is that all about? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, outside of, like, the horror movie stuff, um, uh, the other big thing I'm super fascinated in is, like, I'm a huge conspiracy nerd. Oh, cool. You know, I, I don't necessarily believe everything, but, like, you know that i read but the concepts love, of them <laughs> yeah i love digging into conspiracy theories like why people believe certain things or how certain things come about and there's some crazy shit in there that actually you know did come true you know like uh, like we have like project mk ultra like which is really fucked up when you look in it and you're like oh our own government did that to our people like fuck yeah <laughs> you know i mean but like ufos like i don't i don't personally believe in aliens like i'd like to i just don't see enough proof that convinces me you know but you know is, is a lot of the ufo cover-up really just a cover-up for like technology like like did we get thrown a story about aliens so people go down these rabbit holes looking away from like oh here's the real technology that we're really working on you know because we didn't find out like what uh the um stealth bomber until the 80s but they had that built and functioning in the 50s so it was like 30 years before like we ever knew about that as the public you know so you mentioned mk you mentioned mk ultra is is that a reference to your uh is that where you got your uh mixtape oh, name from oh yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah totally uh borrowed heavily and just kind of influenced um because a lot of stuff with like the mk ultra program do you know about this not really to be honest i, I mean I, I follow some conspiracy theories but i oh. like to keep my sanity in some aspects this, isn't so a conspiracy <laughs> thing. this is like a real oh. thing maybe i have yeah. i just haven't heard the reference to it there, there's I've some conspiracy theories it. around it but it's all mostly factual mm. yeah they they were uh taking people like um, you know, and it, it extended beyond mental patients and like prison people like, oh, you're in prison. So we're just going to fucking do these weird fucking experiments on you where they'd lock them up in like uh, chambers and like give them 
high doses of LSD and then play them like subliminal messages on a loop and just try and like break people's minds down because they were really trying to make like Manchurian candidates, someone mm-hmm. they could tr- control their mind, make them be like a, an assassin or something. Like the Manchester um, ghost type thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that that gets kind of, yeah, it, that parlays into some of like, yeah, the stuff. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, they got busted doing it. That like, oh shit, you were doing this on unsuspecting people. Like they would like, oh, hey, like, come to this clinic for help and then they just do this to these people and this was uh, and and, you know i mean there was other places connected to it but the main place was in canada you know but it was all run by like you know u.s government agencies in canada Mm. weird (laughs) but yeah like my mixtape but you know i mean it's uh, first and foremost it's called mk because marcus cook yeah and then i just called it ultra mix because i'm like oh that's like a fun like play on words yeah because (laughs) and so like that's why everything's in there like like hypnotic suggestions and just well that it actually makes more sense like insanity yeah yeah it actually makes more of a meaning behind them now which is actually like hearing that i was like huh okay that makes actually makes a lot the mix makes a lot more sense you know i i figured i'd give my like mixtapes like a fun theme you know, because a lot of people's just like mixtapes is like, oh, here's some like weird sex acts and puking and vomiting yeah. and shit. And, you know, I'm like, uh, it, it's just, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it is what it is. It's a mixtape, but I figured I'd give yeah. mine something that set it aside, you know, and no, I, feel I don't it. like to delve into the like the fucked up porn because like every other mixtape has fucked up porn. You know, make mine a little more fun. What's yeah. the weirdest films in your collection that you have? Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> probably, um, anything by Rince Dream. Do you know his films? Uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Caligari, 1990. Um, he did, a, a porn called, uh, Cafe Flesh. Oh, I love Cafe Flesh. Yeah. Yeah. And Night Dreams. That, that was another weird porn he did. I, I used some clips, you know, okay. I mean, I like, I would like to say weird porn. Like, I like, yeah. Really weird. Did porn. he do doc, Dr. Caliglia or was that him yeah, as Dr. well? Dr. Caligari, yeah. Oh, yeah, Dr. Caligari, sorry. Yeah. Caligula. Yeah. That's a whole sorry. other thing. <laughs> well, then we should do a Dr. Caliglia. <laughs> do I like a reference to that? Yeah. Actually, I thought about doing like a reference to um, Cafe, but doing Cafe Flesh and Gore, but kind of doing like a like a ripoff of like porn gore, but kind of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, yeah, and one of the groups, somebody uh, brought up uh, Sweatshop, which was a film like I, I worked on in Texas. And its origins, the way it started out, was it was going to be a, a splatter porno, like a hardcore horror movie porn. Mm-hmm. And whatever happened with the company that was going to make it, and I was attached to the, the porn company doing it but then like it changed hands and got into the hands of a a, a friend stacy davison who's a director mm-hmm. um in texas and then he wound up making it just reworking it into like a horror movie where a bunch mm-hmm. of ravers you know get smushed by this guy with a giant anvil on a pipe i think i've and, seen the cover for that oh it's a it's a fun one i mean it's you know all the characters are like super annoying and cringy bad you know but like gutter balls or something 
Yeah, it's but it's like a yeah, exactly like gutter brawls. Well, every character is like a shitty asshole. But like, you know, but then it's fun to watch him get dispatched because like, you know, the the killer in the film is the beast. He's like got like animal furs, a fucking welder's mask on and a and an anvil on a pipe. And he just like crushes people That's like, dope. you know, so if you've ever wanted to watch a movie where a bunch of dumb like punk goth ravers get smushed. It's the film. <laughs> you okay, know? I might no. watch that tonight. That sounds good. It, it's not highbrow cinema, but I mean, there's some fun. We, we did some fun effects gags in it. <laughs> that sounds great. So how far along is uh, MK Ultra 4? Oh, um, it's been slow going, trying to like tailor this one. And I, I don't know. Try, I'm trying to figure out how do I like up my game? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Cause like, you know, obviously I'm like, there's there's some other new mixtape that that's trying to go toe to toe with i don't know i don't even want to say it because i don't even want to give it like any kind of promotion the worst mixtape that's out there <laughs> I, I don't want to give it any kind of promotion because i don't want people like if they don't know about it they shouldn't look for it but you know what i'm talking about if you know you know mm-hmm. but like uh, there's someone else trying to like give that a run for its money and i you know i'm like i i'm I don't want to do that kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you might just pull out of the whole thing. Yeah. I think I may do this one trying up, you know, like how do I outdo myself without going into that kind just of going in? Yeah. I get that. Like you, cause there's some people that can do it right. Like come up Boulevard is just pretty good job about like being controversial, but not too over the top where they're trying yeah. to like completely offend everybody. It's still mm-hmm. funny um but then you yeah the the ones that we don't want to talk about like that's the stuff that's just kind of like ruined the name for mixtapes and unfortunately that's just where we're at um so the internet iceberg i'm like as like yeah mixtape internet iceberg it's like uh yeah i'm 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 actually thankful that mine didn't get included because there's some other stuff that got included in that that i don't think should be with that kind of stuff you know Mm -hmm. Um, well, there's yeah, some okay. great ones that I'm glad I didn't get mentioned, like Affliction, and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not my scene. I don't really pay attention to it anymore. But I really want to see the MK Ultra mixes because I've heard that they're actually creative. And oh yeah, um, like you haven't seen them yet? No, I can say yet. I have to borrow oh, them from man. Christian because he owns all your stuff. And <laughs> yeah, thank you stuff. again for all that you sent me. By the way, I, and I've and I've giving you thank you but it's, it's awesome for how much you just kind of like send to your fans oh yeah no problem <laughs> glad you like it at least you know i like it it would suck if i sent it to you and you're like well that sucked <laughs> <laughs> send it know. back <laughs> <laughs> no that's funny um so do you still get people sending you random clips by the way for like clown porn or uh anything for the mixtapes or um on rare occasions um (laughs) sometimes someone will find just something that's so batshit and then like i'll just laugh for like fucking hours over some dumb shit and so i gotta save it but yeah like uh (laughs) yeah if you ever find anything more like you sent me three discs full of shit you know did you get through a lot of them or oh yeah yeah (laughs) oh cool 
Yeah, so. the clown porn stuff and some of the other things I think you would appreciate. Um, <laughs> the God Bimbo cheerleaders for or yeah from outer space is one of my fucking favorite points of all time. Yeah. Oh my God! Somebody posted in one of the VHS chat groups, like you know, a collection of like weird fucked up porn, and they actually had the VHS of that, and I was like, uh, oh, but, they, <laughs> but I think they wanted like a couple hundred bucks for it. Oh, I, I bet. Like, oh, that's I don't, I don't bet. I've seen posters go for about that price, so it's like, <laughs> like yeah. No, for sure. That one's a good one. It's funny. Are you still working on 200 tiers? No, no. Like, yeah, I I think it's just going to have to hang that one up. There's a lot of high hopes for time in there, but like we we tried to do a Kickstarter and couldn't even raise 15,000, you know. This is. And then, you know, I mean, it. It sucks because then I see like you know these films like uh, what is it, uh, Terrifier two like they r- raised like an insane amount of money. Yeah, and I'm like, I like a hundred tears better than Terrifier, but yeah, it just doesn't um, reach reach the same audience, I guess. Because that battle between the two does sound funny though. That remember the interview you were talking about that? Get like, the Terrifier against that guy. Oh, yeah, he would kick his ass. <laughs> They kicked the Terrifier's ass for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I, mean, I, I, I respect, you know, the filmmaker um, because he's also an effects artist directing. So, like, he's doing all of his own effects. Um, you know, so I'm like, I totally understand where he's at. Uh, like, for me, the character of Art the Clown, I'm just like, eh. It's, to me, he's a haunt clown. And that's not scary to me. As soon as a clown is like creepy and on prosthetics or, you know, I'm like, they're, it's not as creepy. Like, yeah, I like Gertie I think, because Gertie's a normal guy, but you don't know what's I under think, there. It reminds me of like clown. I think it's clown house where they have like the guys that escape from the psycho ward and they, they basically kill all the clowns that are in the circus and then torture all the kids. Yeah. Like that one's awesome. Like clowns are just creepy as all fuck because they're like they're all like escape. They're, they're escape. human people, but you don't know what kind of fucked up persons under mm. like because they're painted with a smile, but mm. that doesn't mean like they're a happy person. You know, they, I mean, mm. you know, so I mean, so like that's the direction I wanted to go with uh, Gertie the clown, um, but like. Yeah, Art the Clown is, like, he's in a prosthetic. He just looks like a haunt clown, like, yeah. from mm-hmm. a haunted house. I'm like, meh, eh. <laughs> the only similarity I would see between the two is just the amount of gore. But yours oh, had... black and white and gore. Yours yeah, had, black and white and red all over. Yeah, yours had a lot more backstory and detective work where Terrifier was, yeah, like, kind of just... But, yeah, it was good gore and stuff, so. I get, definitely give props to that one. So yeah. what's what's up with the uh, Blu-ray for Hundred Tears? What are you going to be doing with that? Um, soon. I I mean, outside of it being on Blu-ray, I I don't I don't know what else I can cut into it. Uh, extras. Maybe I can get an interview with Joe Davison and maybe track down some of the cast. Maybe talk to Gertie. Like, hey, like you know, fifteen years later, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, yeah, Stephen Byro's got a huge list of shit he's got to get through first before Hundred Tears is even on the docket. <laughs> well, it's probably. <laughs> I I feel like it's been enough time that it'll it'll sell a few copies because people 
probably want to update their collection or buy it again yeah. or yeah because now yeah. right now it's only it's on Tubi, so anyone that doesn't own it has to watch it on oh yeah well, yeah watch it with commercials but like it's it's really <laughs> like I've, I've been seeing a lot of people like oh shit i just watched your film on Tubi. this is awesome and i'm like well at least it's being watched you know yeah that's where i saw <laughs> it honestly I, and oh because i don't think i think blood shocks like too extreme for Tubi, so I don't think Bloodshock's on Tubi. Yeah. Mm. Like, I think Sol- Song of Solomon's on there. Yeah, that's where like, I saw Bouquet that one, too. And, yeah, Bouquet and Bloodshock are a little too much for yeah. Tubi. Tubi found their limit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, ah, yeah, no. <laughs> so uh, I was watching the Day of the Dead interview, and you are uh, hinting about a German producer that you were possibly working with. Um, what was that producer did that end up going through or oh yeah that'd be elmar which which was for this yeah elmar is my german producer elmar Berger. okay okay that's oh, what yeah. that is okay because i was like two years ago and i was just like it was a, a long interview but it was one beyond horror was just like just getting premiered oh yeah 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 because you did beyond horror first um like kind of like in parts right because you did part of the interviews showed that and then did more interviews and then yeah. showed that right yeah because uh we just happened to luck out and get a like a really good screening which a lot of filmmakers don't get that like when at, at a film festival like you have to submit and so mm-hmm. we submitted even though the film wasn't done we're like okay well this is kind of like a work in progress so like you know just do it and so like it was it was the first 80 minutes Mm-hmm. but they're like no we want to show this and i'm like okay well that's that's a good thing so i sent it finished it and we got in like i mean there was like we were on that like narrow margin like we want this but it's got to be like finished mm-hmm. so i made a finished 80 minute version but like we were still like a year into like you know filming interviews you mm-hmm. know and so like yeah like you know but at least that 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 got our foot in the door and screened at a nice prestigious film festival and then that helped us gain like some other interviews that we wouldn't have been able to get okay cool so when's the release of beyond horror we're still working on that okay because i really want that movie It was great. Thank you so much for screening it too. Like letting us all get a peek at it. it was yeah, that was a lot of fun um, for sure. I appreciate that for sure. Yeah. Um. So I got a question. Everyone wants to know how's Gutter Balls Two going. Oh, uh, I was. Yeah, I've been. It's it's been a slow process, and and here's like the the real brass tacks. And it may get too personal, but um, uh been a hard weird two years like you know i i I don't want to say i've been like depressed because i don't know i don't feel depressed but it's not having work coming in like it normally does like has really affected me and then like i i think i became overwhelmed like because i'm trying to learn um a brand new computer brand new software because gutter balls all the footage won't work on my Mac. I've got my Mac that's like 15 years old, and that's what I added on. But now I've got my PC, and I don't know fucking shit about PCs. 
let alone like a different editing program. I always cut on Final Cut Pro and I'm switching over to Adobe and it's like learning an alien language. And I've just, I think I've felt like so fucking overwhelmed the past like year that I, I just try and do some stuff and then I give up. I'm like, uh, but I don't know, like uh, Steve and I have been talking and I'm like trying to like, okay, I, I just gotta, I gotta switch over and like learn this program. And so it's going, it's going good now. We're like almost done, but like, yeah, it was, it was a bad, weird, rough year and I didn't get hardly much on focus that I wanted to, you know? It sounded like an uphill battle to collecting all the materials because I was like kind of interjecting in some of the forums when you were talking to other people and I'd see you randomly just pop up into a conversation like, wait, you have that footage? Send it my way, please. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, oh, and no one, no one ever, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's more out there and no one ever got back to me. There was uh, Thomas Townsend who like apparently had a cut or, you know, a version like I don't know what the original soundtrack is. My guy, uh, Biztronics, he's he's an amazing like fucking musician out of Australia. He's he's working on all the soundtrack and it's fucking awesome. It's it's so in vibe with everything like from the original film. So that's helping. Like having a good soundtrack helps. Um, but like, yeah, like. I mean, they sent me a hard drive once they transferred everything over. And then like, I got the hard drive and then I was like, well, I don't, I'm not seeing the rest of the stuff you're talking about. And it wasn't until almost like a year later that I got the rest of the footage. I was like, oh, well, here's all the shit that wasn't on the hard drive in the first place. Um, you know, cause I was just like looking at stuff and I'm like, I don't know what I'm, I, I can do to make this better. And then I was, it turns out I was missing footage um but yeah now that i think i have everything but i still hear i still hear some people like well i've got this cut of it and i'm like uh and trying to make it and like you know not you know i don't want to shit on ryan but you know he was a nice guy uh very tragic but like this film isn't gutter balls one it's totally yeah. different we've both how, di how different is it to um many dead new girls Ah, see, I haven't seen that cut, but I'm. I think a lot of what's on this is dead nude girls because I guess Ryan dressed up. Do you like, need a Do you need a copy of that cut? Because I can send you a, a file I, if you want to see it. Yeah, please. So okay. I know what the difference is. Like, what's what's gutter balls and what's dead nude girls? <laughs> okay, I can send you that. I have a. Actually, I was just going through that, and it's crazy because it even has um, the the good wife um on there which i was like holy shit i have not and so i got to watch the good wife before the the interview and i was like oh shit i got to see the profane because that's what's going to be in profane oh wait till you guys see like i and i know that film's like over 11 years old now like and that's how long many 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 holdups but like yeah jesse and i have seen like the cut there's a lot of problems a lot of it has to do with rights a lot of it i mean because you're dealing with multiple people so there's a lot of rights getting Ryan involved always used other people's music. <sighs> <laughs> i mean but yeah there's, there's a lot of <laughs> what what's holding it up um isn't like the fact that i mean because it's done 
for all intents and purposes, like, you know, Jesse and I seen this two years ago and it's, it's so fucking good. It is good. You know, but like, it's just a matter of getting through the next couple roadblocks to get it done and out. I don't know if Steve talked much about like that or. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. He did get into a little bit of it. Um, so you're this is a lot of footage, right? It's like three hours worth of like extra footage. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. I was saying you're editing profane exhibit as well. No, not me. No, that's Uh, David. uh, (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, uh, I've seen, I've seen the cut, you know, but like, yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to edit any more stuff. I like editing my own films. This is a lot more control, you know, I think. Yeah. Cause how much hours of raw footage is there in uh, gutter balls too? Oh, it's it's got to be, and they take a lot of takes, unnecessary takes, takes after takes of the same thing with nothing changing. Um, Do you think there it, was something going on with Ryan's like, like his cognitive cognitive ability? Yeah, there's there's definitely some weird stuff you can see, and none of us knew, none of us knew, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, until like one day and like you know his wife megan didn't know it's just like one day i guess he like passed out and like walking somewhere so i don't know the full story but like he like just blacked out and they you know didn't know where he went and then an ambulance or somebody found him and called an ambulance and that's how they found out he uh, he had a brain tumor Mm -hmm. you know and like his personality really started shifting like towards towards the you know before that that moment happened that you knew like oh he's got a brain tumor you know mm-hmm. his personality started getting weird you know yeah he like turned on me randomly like he sent me gutter balls too and the good wife and he was talking about having me work on gutter balls three with him and all this stuff and then all of a sudden like never talked to me again and blocked me and i was like oh no <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I try not to hold anything, you know, against him because, you know, he had no control over that. Yeah. Um, I do know after his surgery, um, I talked to him once and he couldn't watch horror movies like anymore. It's like they affected him. Like he's mm-hmm. like, I can't, I can't watch this. I can't see mm-hmm. this. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was on like some positive vibes. Like, he was like not really listening to metal and stuff like that as much anymore. And just like kind of going down this different path. And I was like, Oh, he's mm-hmm. all, he was all skinny and stuff. And it just looked like a different dude, but I mean, yeah. he was still nice until he, then he just turned on me and I was like, but I got it because I have a brain tumor as well. And, um, we talked a lot about it beforehand and I just, I knew at any point anything could happen and whether that be the way he tr- was treating me or talking to me or if he just passed which he did and rest in peace yeah rest in peace Ryan. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's so we're trying to rescue it and you know it's it's been a lot i mean you know and then and, and a lot of that's been on me like you know it's just i've you know but it's been a weird fucking year and i can't like you know, I mean, we all can agree, like, the two two years has been weird for everyone, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For sure. So, but hopefully we're coming out of it and things are getting back to normal. So, like, I'm I'm in a better headspace now trying to, like, edit and, 
mm-hmm. you know, get things going. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, that was that was the big holdup. It's not on Steve. I mean, I'm sure people are going to be like, oh, well, Steve's <laughs> fucking holding this up. But really, it's it's all on me because it's all the balls in my court, you know. Um, so getting into uh, Beyond Horror again, um, are you planning on touring your diversities with it like you're talking about? Yeah, we're we're hoping to. We got the uh, you know the extended cut done, and it's now at two hours and eight minutes. Um, so yeah, we played a couple, then the world shut down, and then you know now that we got the full cut after like you know the eighty minute cut has been out for like two years, but now we got mm-hmm. uh, the two two hour eight minute cut. Like we yeah, we'd like to play other theaters and universities. Like I I, I think it's like. I don't know, an educational film. Mm-hmm. It, it was interesting because like we'd we'd play this film at a couple film festivals that Jesse and I got to attend. And there was like people I'm looking around because that's my thing is I'm like, who's not going to make it? Who's uh-huh. not going to make it through? Mm-hmm. And then there was like you, you'd spot like an old old couple and you're like, oh, they're like in their 70s. They're not going to sit through this. And they would. And then they <laughs> with so many questions after the show, they pulled Jesse and us, uh, I aside and they're just like, they were so fascinated by it. Like, you know, but, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's funny. Like we think like, Oh, those are old people. We don't want them knowing. Well, like, how what you pass the, the information, you know, if you pass yeah. it in an educational way, then they might listen. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like serial killer <laughs> documentaries. People can't watch. People don't actually want to see like real death, but they like it when it's put into like a documentary format. Mm-hmm. So is there going to be a third cut then that's like the edited version that you can stream that's a little bit more censored? And Yeah, that's that's something we've been talking about doing um, because streaming such a complicated issue. Um, we may have to cut a lot of clips uh, that we use because we don't have the rights to them. And, and the fair rights use... Because, like, on YouTube, you, right now, you could take any clip of any fucking movie you want. And if we're talking about it critically, you know, breaking it down, discussing how they did, like, you know, a Marvel movie. You know, like, oh, look at this shot. And, you know, here's this colored lighting. And here's, you know, the, you know, po- negative space. And look at how they did this. You can use any fucking clip you want on YouTube, you know. Mm-hmm. But when it's streaming some of those rules uh are changing because there's a lot of people like you know making documentaries so they're trying to they're like cracking down on like the rules of you know but you know some of these films you know they they're like older films it's not like we're using like marvel or disney films Mm -hmm. you know um and even if we have like an okay from like a director like you know the the what is it the streaming services or the aggregators to the streaming services there's there's always middlemen you know (laughs) like we don't get to just go to netflix or go to hulu or you know we we can't i mean there's like people who you have to go through to go through to go through to go through to set stuff like that up so but like yeah they're just like they don't want to mess with it it's too messy of paperwork that they'd have to be involved with so they're like oh no, we don't want this. Mm-hmm. And and of course, like subject matter, like, yeah, our cut is, it, it's too X-rated. So a lot of that would have to change, mm-hmm. if yeah. that makes sense. 
but sometimes it's it's pretty surprising what Shutter can put up, even Netflix sometimes. So I mean, like if you've ever seen the documentary "Don't Fuck with Cats," mm-hmm. um, I was surprised on that one. To be honest, that was fucked up for Netflix. Like, <laughs> yeah, we didn't even make it through the first five minutes, and I, it was fucked up. They showed a lot. Like a lot. They showed more than they should have for a fucking mm-hmm. documentary. I think so too. And it's like, it's yeah, it was a that, lot. The, it was the, pretty much they, they might as well showed the whole Luca Minata fucking tape. Like, <laughs> yeah. but don't show Marcus like, Cook special effects. That that will just <laughs> that's too much for people. <clears throat> Mind blown. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but you are you, you are uh, the master of those realistic, gory, chunky body parts getting. <laughs> I mean, even in your old stuff, I was watching uh, Bad Blood, and uh, I was bad. just like, even there wasn't really I, that much at this time where there was like, you know, limbs getting cut off and blood spraying yeah. across the room, stuff like. It's that. funny because so some of this it seems like you're trying to do a timepiece, but because you're trying to do like um, like a time kind of like thing, like um, you feel that that got lost with making that of like the whole time travel and being slightly a timepiece and not. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, are you talking about the storyline? Yeah. The storyline. Oh yeah. No, I mean, because it took us like almost like four or five years to shoot the whole thing. Like there was pieces that we shot with different actors and reshot them again with different actors and reshot them again with different actors. So there was like all the, there was an original storyline and then it was like, then there was, you know, the stuff we shot at the end was just to tie these bits and pieces that worked back Mm -hmm. together again. (laughs) Yeah. So that was a very like good learning experience because like yeah i don't know what the fuck i'm doing trying to make a feature film yeah <laughs> but that taught me a lot like that no really i mean for what it was for low budget i think you did a really good job like the acting was you know pretty good for what it was and some um i thought it was great i mean i love, I love I, the I, violence in there was really good it was just like yeah. it really stuck out i wasn't expecting that much violence and it was it was cool oh yeah and some of the gore in it was actually really good. It was like it would come out of nowhere. You're like, wow, it's really <laughs> fucking cool. So it must make you kind of proud to be like to be able to have that badge of like being an SOV director at one point too. Like you mm-hmm. were at that time. Oh yeah, like and 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 it's like yeah, I was I was kind of coming into the you know shot on video era kind of late i mean but i've been already working on my own stuff before i even knew there was a whole like white massacre yeah i didn't yeah when i was shooting white massacre and lunch me i had no idea any of this other films existed it wasn't until high school that i really started to like oh wait a minute there's this whole genre of shot on vhs movies and so i started reaching out to other directors and like, you know, communicating with them. And that's like, you know, cause I was doing my own thing, but I needed some way to like, how do I let other people know that I'm out there, you know, to do effects and yeah, just reaching out to other filmmakers shooting on video, even though they have like bigger budgets. I was like, well, maybe they'll still talk to me. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like trying to talk to Hollywood people. Like, you mm-hmm. know, these, these are still like real people who like deal with the same problems you're dealing with and they're like, could help you out. And um, yeah, it was, uh, but I had no idea I was coming into that as that was kind of 
the ending switch over into digital media, you know, which, you know, at this point now, every film you watch is all digital. It's not, there's no Mm. film in anything anymore. I mean, are you one of the people that consider a mini DV as SOV? Yeah, yeah. I, I, because it's a tape. Um, mini DV, I, I still consider that SOV era. Yeah. You know. It but still has that look. Palm quarters, you know, I mean, you're digital now. <laughs> yeah. uh, were you planning on making any other documentaries? Oh, yeah. Um, actually, <laughs> yeah, Jesse and I have um, other documentaries we're working on. They're like way bigger projects. So it's probably going to take a few years. But like uh, the first one we're working on is a documentary on the history and origins of the devil and mm-hmm. the rise of, you know, where Satanism comes from and what modern Satanism means. Right, like the Temple of Satan versus like the Church of Satan and all that stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Church yeah. of Satan, the Satanic Temple, like the Satanic know, Temple. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah, we actually had one of the biggest. I actually love the Satanic Temple. That, that, that all those people are like they're fucking awesome. Like I, I give kudos to all those fucking guys. Yeah, <laughs> we actually had one of the biggest Satanic ritual abuse cases known in the country in our city. It was the um, Sheriff Ingram uh, ritual abuse case where they wrote that book i think there was a book called michelle remembers about planning memories in people's heads about satanic ritual abuse and they these two daughters convinced their father that he had been ritually abusing them with a cult so he went to a mental institution oh crazy. shit yeah so where's that where do you live that's in olympia that's a really cool case i'll send you i'll send it to you um so has there been any films that have kind of messed you up mentally Oh, um, there's like some of my favorite films are bleak, depressing films. Uh, two fucking excellent films. Uh, I'm uh, what? more than two threads. Have you seen? Mm-hmm. Threads? Yeah. The one, the one about the, if the cold war really happened. Yeah. Yeah. Threads is a good cool. one. <clears throat> Come and see. And the check yeah, come and see is cool. Well, come and see is not really a horror. It's like a whole war, yeah. like really just, fucked up. I mean, but it's it, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's horrible stuff. Like it's war atrocities, mm-hmm. but like it's, um, yeah, it's not a horror film, but it's a fucked up film. It's a yeah. heavy film. No, actually, I, I've heard a lot about it. I haven't gotten around to seeing it, uh, oh, uh, but I, I, it's on my list of, of stuff They're to check out. Never... I know a lot about it. They're never going to make another film like that again. Like that style of filmmaking. I love when there's films like that. We're never going to get another Caligula. Or Holy Mountain. Or or Holy Mountain. Or Salon Kitty. Like these films aren't ever going to exist anymore. I love that you revere Caligula because I actually think Caligula is a really entertaining movie. Oh, Oh, it's it's a great film. It's amazing. Absolutely standing. Pinto Brass, like like and, and uh, his other films like Salon Kitty is another one I really love but like like I mean mm-hmm. we're That's just cool. never going to get those kinds of films and and you know a lot of people don't know who Tinto Brass is those are great films we're never going to get those again we're never mm-hmm. going to get like films like uh 
Oh, God, what else? Uh, oh, there's tons, like Sweet Movie, and like, oh, I'll just like this. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sweet Movie, we're never, we're never going to get another Singapore sling. Oh, um, yeah, oh, yeah, there's tons of classics, and it's just like. Say what? Say what? Oh, uh, Jesse says we're never going to get those until she makes them. Oh, <laughs> cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah we got to have her on. I feel like she's got a lot to, <laughs> lot to say. They, they want to have you on. She's available after Friday. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. Friday is my birthday. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. We have a little bit. I'm, I'm interviewing Felicia Fisher, and then I have Scott Schirmer, and then. Oh. Uh, so I guess some interviews uh, like to come up, but I'm so stoked for Scott Schirmer. I'm so fucking stoked for Scott Schirmer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Sound. I loved. Uh, got, he's got some. Did you see the Bad Man? Blank Face Bad Man. Oh, Blank Face is great. I still yeah. got to see Blank Face. It looks. <laughs> oh, amazing. Blank Face. You need to watch that one. He hasn't done yeah, anything in a while, but like, yeah, I love like like four or five of his films. What what's he done? Bad yeah, Man. Yeah. Any any movie? questions you can help me with, Marvin's please. <laughs> Harvest, yeah, Harvest Lake. Lake was cool. Uh, found and I haven't seen Harvest Lake actually. I think that's the only it's one. Like, um, it's like so weird. It's, it's like teenage, very Lovecrafty American version of tentacle right. porn. <laughs> right. I'm yeah, like softcore tentacle porn. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to um, seal, so I need to go pee. I'll be back. Okay. He broke the seal. <laughs> I don't think we'll be too much longer. Like, uh, are there any films that have just messed you up and just like you um, couldn't watch? Like you basically had to turn off. Like it was too much for you. I, I mean, I've I've definitely found some films that are like, whoa, that's fucking intense. Um, but nothing that I found too much. You know, I mean, and, and this is kind of a, a downside to being a filmmaker because. You're constantly watching and analyzing things. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of great films I have a lot of respect for, but like when you watch films, you're like breaking them down and analyzing how they do this, how they mm-hmm. do that, like how they achieve this, you know, mm-hmm. what was the reason behind that? So like, I mean, there's some really bleak, dark, heavy films, but like I forget to get caught up in the magic because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm breaking them down, like from mm-hmm. an analytical point of view. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it's it's a hard thing, but uh, occasionally a film will get through where I, all, I let all that stuff go, and then like this film is fucked up. <laughs> what was the last one <laughs> that you can like, remember? The Czechist. Mm, I haven't heard that. Oh. It's it's another World War II like film. It's about the communists and what they were doing. Like, I mean, it, the same thing the Germans were doing. The Nazis, like, just mm-hmm. like, uh, come and come and see. And Czechist are probably two of my. Uh, I've seen the name. I, I, I actually have seen. I now now I'm I'm seeing the movie title or the cover. Like, I, it's one of the other ones that's like in that realm too. Yeah, seems really cool. Yeah. Sorry, like my DVD collection's all right above here, which you can't. <laughs> but I, I'm like, like I've got Czechist. I'll show you the cover. Like anyone, uh, I think there's only bootlegs out about this film. Like I've got a legit copy, but if you can find this copy, sometimes it's on YouTube. But mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's gonna ever be able to put this out. 
-hmm. you know, so if you do find it on YouTube and it has subtitles, watch it because I think it's still going to be a long time before you're going to get it. Does your DVD have the subtitles? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a Swiss. We'll, we'll talk later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I kind of wanted to go into your opinions and kind of like the state of things. Um, so like, what do you think of the state of extreme horror in comparison to what it used to be? I think it goes through stages and, you know, I, I, I think maybe we hit like a big peak stage and it's going to hit a lull, but like, I think something is going to hit, whether it's, I don't know, something we come up with like at unearthed or someone else comes up with like Mary and Dora, like, you know, but it's a lot of the same players, you know? Um, I, I, I think, coming on to the playground that I think worth note of keeping an eye on is uh, Jonathan Doe and Lisa Fisher. Like keep an eye on them because I think th there's, there's a lot of brewing and bubbling that's gonna, you know, surface soon with those guys. Yeah. I'm stoked. Um, Actually, I ended up putting on the $400 for the executive producer oh, spot. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm stoked. I'm, I'm really excited. For the was like the first thing I've seen in a long time that was actually kind of nasty. Like mm -hmm. it, it was, was, yeah, it was like really like I, I kind of got caught up in it after a while because it, like usually those types of movies, I'm just like they you. They feel hokey. They feel hokey, and I, I I think Jonathan's someone who can get behind it. Yeah, and doesn't feel like. Well, they're a great tribute and a montage to it. I mean, it's it's like and it's good. It's good tribute. It's like somebody that actually understands it tribute versus somebody just trying to make money off of it tribute. And yeah. that's like the kind of like the big difference in a lot of people that have money and backing to a lot of these projects. And that's why indie horror sometimes does better because they actually like have a lot more passion in the story because they have to because they don't have budget. Yep. So, so they have to kind of make something completely fucking original and different and shocking. So yeah, it's kind of like that. And it's, it's hard. It's hard to come up with something like, what are you going to, I mean, that was a big thing with like, you know, in beyond horrors, like what's next, what's going to be coming down the pike, you know? I mean, because like in the past 20 years, everything's gone stagnant. Have you noticed that? Mm -hmm. Like you had the 60 or you had the fifties that were different from the forties. The sixties were different from the fifties. The 70s were different from the 60s. The 80s were different from the 70s. 80s and 90s were different. And then it stops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we really didn't move on. Like the last of the shock rockers, like were from that era, like Gigi mm -hmm. Allen and the mentors, you know, Marilyn Manson. Is, is Marilyn Manson our last like shock? Person. Yeah, but he's he's done. He's canceled, you know, unfortunately. So well, can. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, but who's who's come after that? What do we got? Yeah. Island boys? Like that's you know, no, like holy shit. What do we have? It, where, that's the thing is uh shocking stuff has gone very underground now. It's yeah, not... we don't have that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, not in America. I mean, there's like French, you know, extremists still, and there's definitely some people, but like 
and there's definitely you know japanese extremists that are still very alive but yeah on the american side it's like yeah it's very much into the extreme indie horror and that's you know daniel valiant is like is none like, of it breaching like i i think maybe like uh you know white gardenia <laughs> is you know pushing some boundaries that's yeah i mean because that, that's a lot of commitment to cut off your own finger i don't care who the fuck you are no, that's commitment no, no he's yeah, yeah like i mean how do you compete with that like you know mm -hmm. uh but like i i think that's the closest we're gonna come Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. I mean, well, maybe Lucifer Valentine and Marion Dora are the underground's generation. But even then, I feel like the, in a lot of ways, like they might just die off, and like I don't, we might not hear see a single another movie from Lucifer. He might yeah. be done. You know, oh, um, change his name, change his name, make money somewhere else. Maybe. Yeah, that's a, the good thing about when you become like an you know a name like a name outside of yourself because you kind of recreate yourself pretty easily cool. and it's so funny so many people think they've figured <laughs> out who he is they're like like some people think they got it but they don't they don't know like mm -hmm. i actually you know, figured out who it was pretty recently and it was donald trump <laughs> there's some people trying I to it. Q. Q. some name to some other like porn star i i don't know like they were naming the wrong person yeah. you know uh <laughs> it reminds me of like people claiming their banks key i'm like oh it just seems weird it's like <laughs> what it was like um, the last time you think there was like a peak though I, for me it was around 2015 when there was like headless and flowers and movies like oh on the indie films yeah, yeah like because like, like you things happen i mean we've had degenerates and like every year there's like a big one comes out but like and there's well, something like steve and i we, we talk about there's there's now like a three-year cycle um in the group uh the unearth group particularly you can start to watch it but there's new people who come in and they kind of rise to the top of who's kind of like popular and the it thing of what whatever mm -hmm. they're doing and talking about and then they'll fade away and then it just kind of they're replaced mm -hmm. by another group mm -hmm. but it's like these these three-year waves where like okay these filmmakers are popular now these filmmakers are popular now you know but it goes in but it's like a three three-year wave mm -hmm. and and right now i think like uh jonathan doe's catching the start of that wave yeah and i feel like a lot of way he kind of took over like sam hell's popularity and aspects i mean some i'm saying like sam hell's not popular still but there's like so only so far you can take something before it just kind of starts becoming like everything else you've done so like and so yeah and so sometimes it's nice to have a fresh face just because you don't want to become stagnant yeah so he's he's taking you know familiar things and doing something different with them, mm -hmm. you know. His his newest one sounds bananas, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm the one to do effects on it. It's uh, Jesse's going to do all the effects. Okay, on I was going to ask, like, are you involved in oh, any yeah. way? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll be around, but like, yeah, it's it's primarily Jesse's gig for this. Is one. it James Bell as well, or? Oh, wait, um, I don't know. He hasn't said. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, 
Well, I, th- I think, I think the ex- just doing all the effects. I think the extreme horror landscape will change when you release your baby doll. Uh, mm-hmm. What was the title? Oh, baby doll. Yeah. yeah. If mm-hmm. I could ever make that, if you you want to read the script, I'll send you the script. You'd be like, oh, hundred percent. I would love. Why to. aren't you making this? Like, <laughs> Why not? And, and it's not an extreme film. Like I'm like, it's probably the most mainstream sort of thing, but mainstream in the way of like, I don't know. Return of the Living Dead, and, uh, you know, like right, that, like a culty mainstream, like a cult yes. classic mainstream. Yeah, yeah. I so what? Know. Will I find the money? I don't know. It's the timing's got to be right, I suppose. Like, <laughs> I'll mm-hmm. let you guys read it. Let me know what you think. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally done. So I guess uh, last and final question: um, What do you see for the future of extreme cinema? I I hope. I hope we get some more rule breakers, you know, like I think um, on the big budget side of extreme filmmaking, I think Gaspar Noah is like mm-hmm. probably the closest we're going to get the filmmakers like Tinto Brass and, yeah, uh, you know, films like Come and See and Check Us. Like that's, he's probably the top there mm-hmm. because he kind of pushes stuff to extreme. Laws aren't true, yeah. Um, I mean, but they're still, I mean, but that's different from the underground. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, those don't go toe to toe with Lucifer Valentine or Fred Vogel, mm-hmm. you know. But it'd be nice to see, like, if, if, if something else can kind of, I don't know. And I hope it's someone new. Like, and whoever new comes out, like, maybe everyone will shit on them at first. But maybe they'll stick it out long enough to be like, prove that like, nope, nope, I did that, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a matter of someone new coming around and sticking it out long enough. It's because hard in cinema. People... Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that because like musicians, they'll be like, okay, I'm going to go like, you know, they won't put out an album for 10 years and then they make their big comeback with an album and then sometimes they'll start their career up all over again but with filmmaking it's kind of like i feel like sometimes some people hit that that wall yeah sometimes it has to do with finances sometimes it has to do with creativity well the business the business changes so frequently of like how it used to change from like having a production you know big producers that were supporting you but now you don't need one you know you can self-produce yourself you can do whatever you need so all these people are like re-having to learn how to invent themselves yeah and there was a time like um, maybe 15 years ago, you could shoot a movie for 15 to 30,000 and sell it for 300,000. That's gone. That's never coming back. Yeah. You could shoot a small movie and sell it for a lot of money, but yeah. that's, that's not coming back. Those are, those days are gone. You know, I mean, like you'll hear about the, like, you know, uh, what, what do they say? the hero story of like oh Blair Witch Project was shot for 60,000 or El Mariachi El Mariachi for 7 grand like uh, Paranormal Activity for 11 grand you know those are few and far between everyone wants to be one of those but not everyone's going to be one you know yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I personally think like the future 
it's just going to be someone upping the ante, but I feel like there's no, no one, nothing really to up the ante. So it's just, gonna, it has to be story. It has to be story. Yeah. It has to be, be some taboo, like some weird, like not even taboo. I mean, you could do taboo in the story, but it, yeah, it has to be something that just fucks with people's head. Yeah. It's got to hit people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it can't just be visual. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, sorry, we've already, cross so many lines with a serbian film but that's now over 11 years old a serbian film like you cross the ultimate tab- taboo you fucked a baby mm. where do you go you know where do you go from there well you got movies um, like found that are just super depressing and they hit you really hard too and yeah like- that's why i love scott Shermer because he really does yeah. like add to a different thing and he's one of the first people i really seen to like use male rape like and but in a very powerful like way mm-hmm. um that it kind of puts you in a separate place that you're not used to um because you're so used yeah. to seeing female rape but like as soon as you start seeing it in the male side you're like oh shit people shit yeah. on that and then they're like oh wait um powerful well that can, that can work both ways can it really mm-hmm. you know and yeah, like so, so I think I think his films are very strong, and he's he's got a very good vision and eye, you know, creatively. Like all of his worlds are are very th- they feel very well thought out and developed. Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever seen um, anything from Simon Rumley? He did um, his most popular movies are The Living in the Dead, Red, White, and Blue. Red, White, and Blue is a really fun. Oh, Red, White, and Blue. Yes. Oh, yes. I work with Mark Center, who's in Red, White, and Blue. Yeah, that movie takes you to places that a Serbian film doesn't quite get there. Yeah, that's that's the rough one. That yeah, that that doesn't come up. I mean, there and there's films on that level that are so fucked up, but they're not. yeah, like where do you place them because they're dramas? We call them disturbing dramas usually on the show. Like, yeah, yeah. kind of. Actually, yeah, we, I would love to do a whole episode on disturbing yeah. drama, and we'll definitely put Fell in that. You know, oh yeah, um, I I'd, I'd love to talk about. I mean, that's like <clears throat> one of my favorite genres is just films that are so fucked up that surpass horror. Mm-hmm. But they're like more Possession, nineteen eighty one, is one of my fucking oh, favorite films of all time. God, damn, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I think nowadays someone that's doing pretty good on that, but he's getting so much attention that it's tiring. But it's Arya Aster has really yeah. managed mm-hmm. to do the like, because like with Hereditary, it's a paranormal film, but it's more the 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 character drama that's the disturbing part rather than yeah. the. I, and I hate the fact I hate the fact that like people like then this is a new term. They're like, oh, elevated horror yeah i actually oh, used it on our other gonna... show on accident <laughs> and then like i got called out i think i forgot who someone said um, they hate that word no no i think I, I just heard someone say that i was like yeah, yeah. yeah i hate that too i need to try not to say that anymore yeah, yeah like i hate the, the term but like i mean i love ari aster i love robert eggers like you know if that's what they're going to call elevated horror i mean it's just I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, but maybe what else do you call it? You know, the art house. I'm a neon. Art house, I mean, to me, it's art house. It's it's highbrow. Mm-hmm. Like, but like the witch, uh, the lighthouse, uh, hereditary. Lighthouse was really good. Um, lighthouse was great. Midsummer, like all of those films, 
to really appreciate them, you have to have studied in the subject they're talking about. Because he's not just making up like some hocus pocus like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is the devil magic witchcraft, you know, and they do this and that and that's some, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. what he's bringing to the table is 100% like accurate. Well, I do appreciate people that actually do bring horror that is stuff that can actually happen. You know, like a lot of people do the paranormal or monsters or these creatures or whatever. And like, yeah, there is some things about like cults that can be. Now, how many people do you think yes. worship King Paimon? Wow. I've just seen people on the internet now that are like worshiping the the, the deity that they're worshiping in Hereditary now. Oh, God. <laughs> King well, Paimon. I, yeah. oh. I mean, but it's all of its roots are all real it's all you know it's like learning like if you had never heard of christianity you know like that was some like weird thing you would never sounds like heaven (laughs) (laughs) you would never heard of christianity and this is the devil so this is like older than christianity and this is all like solomonic magic that's where Pyman comes from but i mean but what i appreciate is it's it's true to its core and roots and you don't see that like a lot of times you know evil or devil worship in movies is so fucking was it easy is it easy orientation yeah if that makes sense right yeah i mean it's the same as how punk rock is represented it's just a oh in slc punk yeah Yeah, no no that's a fucking great that's a great analogy it's like oh this is punk rock slc punk yeah. No, I yeah. A lot of different I mean, punk shades. is one of those things you you had to live the lifestyle to really be that. You know, that's one of the things. Yeah, I'm a little old to get Yeah, it's a lifestyle, man, not a uniform. But it is. I mean, it really is. And I feel like there's certain styles of music, like hip hop and punk, are like it's part of the culture that it really makes the music what it is. You know. Yeah. My phone is Fuck about the to posers. crash down to 2%. So, uh, yeah, it's all well, good. Good time. We're about to call it out anyways. So yeah, let's close out the okay. show, man. Uh, thanks a lot for, for being on. Um, no, thanks for having me. Uh, anytime. Like, I love doing these. Yeah. yeah. We're, yeah. uh, no, we yeah. have a monotopic episode sometime for like dark dramas. That'd be cool. Or just, oh, dramas. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And 100% on the, um, the mixtape. Uh, at least doing one. I know we talked about doing the whole all of them, but I think that might be. I don't know how many people will get to do all three. Yeah. Like sitting down. All at once. <laughs> so if you want we'll to do, do one four to hours of your life, you'll never get back. <laughs> if you want to do a MK Ultra Mega Mix screening, um, yeah. sometime that, next... the all four things sounds great, and you know, doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. Cool. Let's do it. Sweet, man. Well, thanks a lot. Have a great night. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Have a good night, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, Well, that was uh, our interview with Marcus Cook. Uh, Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, Always a pleasure talking with Marcus Cook. I love that guy. Yeah, he's he's definitely one of the genuines of the horse scene. Um, I've even talked with certain people, and they've always mentioned to like uh, people that you could just chat with. It's definitely Marcus Cook is up there. Um, So I always appreciate it. Yeah, totally. And he's saying he's totally down to have uh, Discord movie screenings and stuff again. So 
anyone who was on before knew how fun that was when we did the mm -hmm. rot screening. Yeah, we are planning on doing it again. We we just kind of want to revamp it and make it sound better, look better, and figure out how to do it right. Because um, we won't did it as promotion, um, but we we enjoy it. I love it. I, I could do it fucking forever. I, I would do one a month if I could. Mm -hmm. It's just getting people to do you know not using the same people. It's it's a lot to um you know have people commit to just showing their film and talking over their film. And if you haven't noticed, just by watching right now, you can tell that we're kind of upping our game. So I think those screenings will go a lot smoother in the future um, for multiple reasons. So, yeah, just keep your eyes eyes peeled out for that. Um, other than that, there's not a lot new that we didn't mention last episode. You can find us on pretty much every platform. We've got two new shows, Horror Corridor, which is the music show about to do episode five with bloodshot this week mm -hmm. um who was crazy he was on unearthed records and fangoria records um and then we have parents under the stairs which is with my wife presley which mm -hmm. that's every week we record sunday upload sunday usually and then yeah and we have a couple of new episodes coming or uh felicia fisher is our next interview and then our scott shimmer episode should be fun yep bunch of crap in the pipeline so hell yeah thanks everyone i can quote way too much emo phillips uh hold on <laughs> give me some emo phillips i love the humor it's been a while there's nothing more amazing in the morning than a fresh pot of piping hot coffee <laughs> i've tried other enemas <laughs> <laughs> No, he's, he's like hands down my favorite comedian. <laughs> <laughs>